What's up, everybody? Vice here. I have returned. This is my semi-triumphant, I guess, return to podcasting. Uh, I went through some life changes recently, some stuff that I didn't really expect myself to go through. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I've reached the tail end of my whole situation now, so I'm looking to dive back into this as hard as I can. So, hopefully you tune into this one. It's going to be a fun episode. It's another self-lyrical breakdown. Should be a good time. So sit back, relax, and keep it tuned in right here on Writer's Block. What's up, everybody? Vice is back. I am glad to be back here doing this again. I missed it. I have so much fun recording this podcast, and I just, I've been away from it for so long, and that is a damn shame. That is a travesty. That is a crime against humanity, all that good stuff. So, I don't have a guest lined up today because, like I said in the intro, I've been going through some crazy personal stuff and some changes in life that I didn't really expect to find myself in again. So I have to have a guest lined up again, and I will have one soon. But today, I thought it would be a fun thing to do to go take a look at another one of my songs. And this time, instead of like the last episode that I did where we looked at one of my hip-hop songs, we're going to be looking at one of the songs from the metal band that I am a part of. Now, this song is uh, its the intro to the show. It's that little 19, 20, whatever second clip that plays in the beginning of the show right after my intro, Speaky Speak. Um, this is a song by my band, Beneath the Fallen Suns. The song is called Narcissistic Suicide. Now, this song is very interesting because it is the first song I think that I have written that is not from a personal perspective. I wrote this song for a really good friend of mine who was going through a tough situation at the time. So, yeah, let's take a second, take a listen to the song, and then we shall dive into it uh, lyric by lyric.
So that was the song Narcissistic Suicide by my band Beneath the Fallen Suns. Now before we go in and we break this song down lyric by lyric, line by line, we'll give you a little bit of a background into the song itself, how it came to be and whatnot. Now I said initially that this song wasn't written from a personal perspective and it wasn't-ish. I don't know, I guess I'll let you be the judge of that. I kind of feel like it is a little bit. Um, So this song was written for and inspired by a really close friend of mine who at the time that I was sitting down to write this song was going through a really really hard situation she was going through a really tough uh, really tough divorce and uh, I don't know how much I can say you know per what she would be okay with and whatnot but her ex-husband was a very abusive person he was very selfish he had a drinking problem he was a narcissist you know it was just all around just a bad person so um my friend would tell me what was going on with with him how the relationship went how the divorce was going the way that he was behaving and stuff and um and that was what inspired me to write this song at the time that I was meeting with my friend and I was letting her her vent 
uh, her frustrations at the situation and whatnot to me and trying to offer advice the best that I could uh, at the time, I had gotten the, the music for this song from my guitarist. So he had tracked his voc- uh, vocals. Yeah, my guitarist tracked his vocals. My guitarist had tracked his music. He laid down the guitar, he laid down the bass, and then we had uh, the drums were programmed in because we do not have a drummer. Beneath the Fallen Suns is essentially just me and my guitarist, and then I play bass whenever possible, whenever I need to, because I've been playing bass guitar for 13 years. But uh, so I had gotten the le- I had gotten the music for this song, and I was having a hard time trying to figure out what to write about, because initially, uh, I mean, obviously it's a very aggressive song. It's like a stupid aggressive song, and it's fantastic. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to write about. Usually when I write, uh, I sit with uh, with music. I listen to the music over and over and over again, and then I let the music tell me what it's supposed to be about. You know, what, uh, what the subject matter is going to be, or at least what the feeling is going to be, or at least a more specific feeling for this song beyond anger, because that's just, you know, what it all is. But, uh, so I didn't know what I was going to do. I think I had a couple of different ideas in mind, but nothing was really sticking. Nothing was really working uh, for all intents and purposes. And forgive the joke. I had writer's block. Haha, ha, I'm so funny. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> so I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was, you know, I had the song. I was sitting on it for a little bit. Just, I didn't know what to do. And then after one time of hanging out with my friend, having her tell me just what she was dealing with, what was what her situation was like, how did, how everything has been, what he was like during the relationship, what he's been like post-relationship. Um, it, uh, it clicked. It occurred to me, I don't know, inspiration, like, you know, stuck a finger at my butt. And I just, I knew what I needed to write about. I knew what I wanted to write about. So I, I think I, I wrote this song lyrically in about two hours, which is like the fastest I think I've ever written a song before. Normally, when I write lyrics to a song, I have to sit on it for at least a week just to even get an idea of what to write about. And then there's all these, you know, initial like draft or scratch lyrics just as I try to figure out what the melody is, um, how I'm going to sing it, if I'm going to scream. And if I do decide to do the screaming vocals, where am I going to do the screaming vocals? Um, There's a lot of back and forth with my word choice because I often end up changing that to to something else like because i try to be very i try to be very clever i guess with my word choice i try to use a lot of similes and metaphors because i don't always want to be straightforward you know otherwise if it's straightforward it's just gonna be like uh you're a bad person continue to be a bad person and i will hurt you uh you know that would pretty much be it and i don't like to be straightforward like that i like to be uh, I just I like to, to put more thought into the lyrics that I write because I feel like it's kind of what makes them stand the test of time a little more, if that makes sense. So I guess this song, it is and it isn't written from a personal perspective. It, it, it is in the sense that I wrote this song kind of acting as my friend's guardian. You know, this song is essentially, it's me telling this guy what's going to happen if he if he doesn't change his ways if he doesn't you know calm his shit if he doesn't stop being a horrible person and then at the same time it's not written from a personal perspective because this is not stuff that i have gone through you know the the dealing with a divorce and 
it's just, you know, more specifics about the way that this guy was uh, and everything. You know, this is not a situation that I have gone through myself. So all the information for this at the core of it was provided by my friend. So I wrote it for her uh, as me, like, telling her, you know, uh, you have nothing to worry about if anything happens, if anybody tries anything or if he tries anything. You know, I will be there to help you. I will be there to protect you was more or less the message that I was trying to get across with writing this song. So the song itself opens with the chorus line. You know, that's the, the intro for it. Judge and jury condemned by hate. Feel my fury for vengeance sake. So judge and jury, you know, that's that would be me in this situation. I am the judge. I am the jury of this situation. Condemned by hate. You are condemned by my hate. Like your fate has been sealed. Your fate has been sealed by my hate. Oh, I'm a rapper. <laughs> um, really just emphasizing those points that there's 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 really nothing you can do to weasel your way out of this. There's nothing you can say that will justify your actions, that will justify your behavior, because the jury, me, has already made up his mind about you. And then feel my fury for vengeance sake. So, you know, accept, feel my fury for vengeance sake. I mean, that's a pretty straightforward line. You know, you're going to taste taste my pain bitches um for for the sake of revenge you know which is obviously never the way that you really want to properly operate you don't ever want to spend a lot of your time dwelling dwelling or existing in the realm of revenge but i feel like in this situation in the situation that was that revolves around this song and that this song revolves around i feel like revenge is kind of justified um and then the next line, take your medicine and learn your place. My wrath's not something you pray away. So take your medicine, um, accept your punishment, you know. Uh, yeah, accept your punishment, accept the consequences of your behavior. Learn your place is, you know, knocking this ego down a peg. You know, you need to understand who you are. You need to understand where you fit into this universe. You need to understand where you fit into this situation. My wrath's not something you pray away. Now, that was a line, those two lines kind of, you know, the first line, my wrath's not something, eh, it's not okay, that's not the best or worst on its own, but I really liked it because of the whole thing, my wrath's not something you pray away. So I wrote that line because this guy is religious, he's a Christian person, and, you know, on, on the face of it, I have nothing against organized religion, I don't care one way or another, but this was one of the things this guy was using to justify his actions, it was using to justify the guilt he was trying to put on my friend for getting a divorce. So... That was kind of a a jab at that, not at religion in general, but about him specifically trying to use his religion as a means of control. So that's why I went with, you know, you can't pray this away. You can't pray like me acting on behalf of the universe or me acting on behalf of karma. You cannot pray that away. Whatever I throw at you is what you're going to get. So then it goes into the verse. And so with the verses with this song, I wanted to try to do something more along the lines of the uh, almost rap thing. So if anybody who listens to this has listened to my band's EP, you'll know uh, the first song that we have that I wrote lyrics for was a song called Riot Control. That one, all screaming, all singing, that's it, you know. And then with our second song, Open Wounds, we um, I that was the song where I really... I first tried doing 
the whole uh, the whole rapping thing because there's a part in that song where it quiets down and initially going through that song when I was trying to write the lyrics for it I didn't know what the hell to do there but I did know that I really wanted to try branching out and I wanted to try rapping so I put it in that song first and it sounded like it was okay it sounded like it fit but when we recorded um, a video you know a teaser for the material at that time I used that clip that part one of those rapping parts specifically to see how people would take it to see how people would react to it and the reactions overall were pretty good so i opted to do something along those lines this time so it's more of like it's a combination of rapping and talking like in my lyric notes i wrote whispering and i think that was my initial game plan was i was going to whisper everything but i didn't really want to do that i think i tried it in the studio uh, when I was in the booth, I didn't like the way that it sounded, um, but I wanted to do something. I didn't want to do screaming the entire time because the verse, you know, it's very, it's very simple. It's kind of quiet. There's still an aggression to it, but it's a quiet aggression, if that makes sense. You know, there's the, uh, there's the, there's the, the, the guitar and the bass is just chugging. Like, I think it's an open note. And then the drums are just doing this, uh, what I would consider a tribal sounding beat. The da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, and that's all that the first half of the verse is. So when I was coming to do, when I was trying to figure that part out initially, it was one of the things I had a problem with because I couldn't figure out what to do. I, I thought that my screaming vocals, if I did that, it would be too overpowering to the core of the verse itself. Like it would drown out the uh it would drown out the guitar bass and drums like it, it didn't sound like it would fit it would be too much for that part um and then i couldn't figure out anything really to do singing wise i didn't feel like it was a good enough part and at least with my voice particularly i didn't feel like it was a good enough part for me to really sing on i didn't feel like there was anything i could sing on it not the right like melody or anything with it i couldn't figure anything out so i decided to try this this whole rapping you know almost rapping thing i don't know if you could call it rapping at this part uh i would consider it more of just like aggressively talking which i guess is kind of what rapping is in general so that's what i opted for with this part so the lyrics so you think that you're the king of everything you see but you're a peasant so repellent far from royalty so with a dealing with a person like this with the way that this guy was described to me by my friend is this guy really he thinks that he's like the shit he thinks he's the big boss he thinks that he can do no wrong or something so so you think that you're a king of everything you see you think that you rule over everything you see you think that you're a badass um but the reality is you're a peasant you you're 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 no better than anybody else you're a peasant so repellent far from royalty you're a peasant you're a scum you're disgusting uh, and you're far from the king far from the god whatever it is that you make yourself out to be inside your own head so narcissistic and ballistic brain set to explode instead of taking someone with you you will die alone now with that part that was kind of me directing the uh the narcissist thing like right off the bat it was me saying directly you know that you have this this narcissistic thing inside your head and the ballistic is so when you're a narcissistic and ballistic is when you're you're being dealing with a narcissist or the way the way that he was described to me by my friend um he had a very like a hairpin temperament and you never knew, she never knew what would set him off. She was feeling like like she was walking on eggshells all the time around him because she didn't know 
she could do or say something she could dress a certain way she could not dress a certain way like anything and everything could potentially set this guy off and she didn't know what to do about it she didn't know what to do so that's the brain is set to explode at any moment anything could trigger some kind of a reaction some kind of an explosion from this person and instead of taking someone with you you will die alone so instead of uh, instead of exploding on my friend, instead of trying to knock her down with you or take her down as you slowly crumble, you will die alone. You will take nobody down with you. There will be nobody within the, the blast radius of your explosion. And that's just the way that life is going to be. Now, and then it gets aggressive here. Can you hear it? Judgment's calling. Do you fear it? Broken crawling. Um, so with, with that part... It's asking that question. Can you can you hear can you hear judgment or can you hear karma? You know, is 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 calling for you. Karma's got your name. Karma's got your number. What are you gonna do about it? You know, do you fear it? Do you fear that reaction from the universe? Do you fear that uh, I don't know? Do you fear the retribution? And you know, you're broken and crawling. You're, you're trying to run away, but you can't run because you're broken so you're crawling away trying and hoping that you survive and then it goes into the second well the third part i guess of the verse where i say will you repent your sins and face your punishment so you know pretty straightforward will you atone for what you've done will you admit to your mistakes Will you apologize for the things that you have done for the way that you have treated my friend? And will you accept the punishment that comes from it? Will you accept whatever hatred, whatever pain, whatever negativity, whatever it is that is thrown at you as a result of the things that you have done? Will you accept all of that? And then the next lines, you deny all that you are, a selfish coward without a heart. So when you, with uh, the way this guy, he would deny just doing anything you know very much so play the victim blame everything on my friend it's her fault i did this it's her fault i didn't do that you know blah 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 so in in denying the fact that he is the monster denying the fact that he is the instigator denying the fact that he is a selfish uh narcissistic asshole you know you deny everything that you are and then what you are is a selfish coward without a heart so it's asking that question, you know, are you going to continue to deny it? Are you going to admit to it? Are you going to own up to what you are, to what you did? Because you're a selfish piece of shit. And then the next line, do you know what it means to bleed, to take the blame for everything? So that's, you know, do you understand what it is like to bleed? Do you understand what it is like? I think what I was going for at that time is... Um, the illusion or the idea of self-harm you know do you know what it is like to be so messed up to be so depressed to be so afraid to be so broken that you resort to self-harm because you believe that it is the punishment that you deserve you believe that this is the only way to atone for the mistakes that you that that he has made her believe you know that you 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 believe that that, that self-harm is the only way to atone for the mistakes that you are forced to believe you you committed, the things that you have done. And then to take the blame for everything, because that's another thing that narcissistic type people will do, is they blame everything on their victim. That is what he did. He blamed everything on my friend. He could do no wrong. He is the victim. He... He tried his best, but she didn't want to make it work. She didn't want the relationship, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, 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 you know, do you know what it's like to be driven to a point of self-harm 
and then to be forced to take the blame for everything because you shoulder that weight, you shoulder that burden, you shoulder that guilt because the narcissistic person makes you believe that it is your fault. They make you believe it is what you deserve by throwing stuff at your face or withholding stuff from you. All these things that this guy has done to my friend. Now, uh, you play the victim to escape your fate, but of you, your God will forsake. So playing the victim is, you know, the boy who cried wolf, you know, the pot calling the kettle black, whatever you want to call it. This person claims that he did everything that he could, that he tried so hard to make it work. He put in every effort and did everything right, did everything by the book, did everything that she wanted to, to try to make this relationship work. But she is the reason why it didn't. He is taking all of the blame and pushing it on her but spinning it around to make it seem like she is the one who gave up she's the one who walked away in an attempt to play the victim to gain pity and sympathy from anyone dumb enough to listen to him and then the last line but of you your god will forsake now that part again that's you know another jab at uh at his at his beliefs or at least the way that he utilizes his beliefs and i thought it was clever i liked it so just letting him know that you keep being the way that you are you keep doing the things that you do and when that time comes when you get to those pearly gates you know god jesus his secretary whoever's going to be up there is not going to let him in he will be turned away and be forced to hell or something like that for the for the way that he treated my friend again this this whole thing is really is me looking out for my friend and as much as i could and you know i i yeah so then after that it goes into the chorus again the same lines judge and jury condemn my hate feel my fury vengeance sake blah 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 and then it goes into the second verse where again i wrote whisper in my lyric notes but i didn't whisper i tried it was like aggressively speaking but i guess you could say in hushed tones too which isn't quite whispering so the first line i bet you think that you deceive everyone that you meet you know because with with people like that with narcissistic type of people like the way that this guy was is they fool everybody around them they make them believe that this person is not what they really are by wearing a mask by putting on an act in front of people to to throw them off the trail because obviously you're not going to want to show your true colors to people like that especially when your true colors are that disgusting it's not going to make anybody want to be around you so he wore a mask he put on an act in front of everybody around in public so that they would never know they don't want to be suspected of being what they are so he wore a mask around it you know and then that they'll never see the toxic creature that lies just beneath you know goes with the first line you put on that mask you fake it so that nobody around you is ever going to see what you really are they will never see you for this toxic person that you are truly deep down in your core and you think that you can hide the poison that flows through your veins you know you think that you can hide what you really are you think that you can hide this monster you think that you can hide this creature that you are, that you are or that you become but you know you you can't it's just it's not gonna work and then the last line of it every step is just another closer to your grave so everything that he does everything he tries to do every time he tries to feign innocence and you know claim to be the victim and point the finger at my friend and you know when he moves on and you know traps someone else and all this stuff it's it's that it's everything that he does is just bringing him another step closer to karma getting him back you know is what it all is what it all boiled down to and then it goes to the next part the where it starts to get aggressive that's where i stop the uh the hushed tones 
talking and then I start to put a little oomph in my voice, do you understand karma's calling and if you run away, you're only falling? So, you know, do you understand that the universe has your number? Do you understand that karma is fucking coming after you? And if you run away, you're only going to trip and fall. There will be no, there will be no running. There will be no sprint. You know, that, you know, whatever, whatever the universe is going to throw at you is not something that you can run away from. You have to accept it. And if you try to run away, you're only going to fall on your face. And then the next part is really where I start to drive a lot of the, a lot of the core parts of it home. Where I start to do the screaming again, where I say, I think it's time for you to feel the pain you put her through. So that's, you know, me telling him, you know, I think it's time for you to hurt for a change. Because it's not fair for her to be the only one who suffers through this when she didn't do anything wrong. When she tried to keep it together for the sake of her family or whatever the case may be. I think it is your turn to bleed. It is your turn to feel the pain. It is your turn to feel the hurt. It is your turn to know what it's like. And then you'll know what it means to fear when you're nothing but a bloody smear. So you will finally understand what it means to to be afraid of 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 what you do, of the of the actions, the reactions, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, essentially, when you're not alive anymore, or when you're on the verge of death. You know, it was kind of what it was boiling down to. Very aggressive uh, imagery with it. You know, it's what kind of I guess what I wanted to convey with it was just you 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 will not you will not get away from this you know that it's going to take something extreme it's got to take that rock bottom whatever rock bottom is even if you know I just kind of help nudge rock bottom along um you won't have the only way you will understand what you've done or what you are or what you are is when you hit your rock bottom and then the next part so this next part of the song I was actually really proud of. I really loved doing this next part of the song. I got the idea from it from an Attila song. I can't remember what song it was, but when I was driving up to the studio, I was listening to Attila and screaming along with some stuff to do along with uh, other bands. But I was, you know, just doing some vocal warm-up exercises while I was driving to the studio. I had rec- I had written this part as something completely different at the time. I think I might have kept lyrically the same way, but... Uh, I just I changed the cadence and the rhythm with it so to to what it eventually became and I, I love this part so much it's probably one of the things that like lyrically or vocally I'm the most proud of that's why this particular section is the intro to the podcast you know it says and so I I, I started doing the screaming uh, almost like a, a wave or a roller coaster of it where I start with screaming then I go down to talking and then screaming again and back and forth like that now I did all this when I was in the studio I did all this uh, in one take there wasn't like I didn't just go through and scream all the lines first and then go back and then track all of the talking parts in between like I did that all at once so when I go I will take everything you so it starts with screaming I and then we'll take everything you you know I did all that in one breath that was all at a time and then you know going and then doing it again believe that must be true you know I'll I think that's just all straight up all at once. I will take everything that you believe that must be true. So that's like saying that was me saying that I will uh, remove the veil. I will lift the veil from your eyes. I will rip away the lies that you hide behind so that you can see the reality. So you see what you really are and cut you with the shattered mirror. So that line was, you know, by taking the lies away from the person, by taking away the lies that they believe you uh 
you force them to see the truth you force them to take that heavy look in the mirror and that was you know me saying like by taking away these lies that you hide behind i'm gonna force you to look in that fucking mirror and then when you get pissed off and you smash it because you don't want to believe that what you see um that i was gonna take a big piece of the 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 broken glass and just uh, stab you in the kidney a few times you know and then the next line again all same time pain is all that is your name you're running from your shame hiding inside another bottle so again same thing scream pain talk everything else and then scream name again so that's you know pain is all that will be associated with you when 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 you're thought of when you're around you know whatever it's not going to be happy fun memories it's going to be misery it's going to be hurt because that is what you have done to other people so that is what they will remember you for and then you're running from your shame you know not wanting to accept your reality not wanting to face what you are what you've done so instead you go and hide from it and how do you hide you hide inside another bottle like i said earlier on the dude had a drinking problem he had a pretty hardcore drinking problem and you know that was how he handled it by just slowly self-destructing so yeah and that was me just reiterating all you will be known for is is misery is 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 bad things you know and you're running from what you've done you refuse to accept the consequences of your actions and you know you live in denial of it and part of the way that you do that is by hiding inside a bottle by drinking it all away and then it goes into the chorus again after that which you know same lines nothing really uh exciting or anything that i haven't really touched on already and then it goes into with an outro part now there's the spot where it's all uh it's all quiet you know again it's just the guitar then the drums come in and everything but there's a part in the chorus too before i forget there's a part in the chorus i think it's after this part my guitarist he takes the chorus guitar line and then he brings it up an octave now with that part i had originally had something written for it but when we were in the studio like i tracked it and then my guitarist told me you know he wasn't really wasn't really feeling uh that particular thing wasn't really thinking that uh that that's a thing that should go there whatever it is that i wrote so but i was like okay well let me try it real quick and then let's just kind of see how it sounds so i recorded it over that part and then i saw you know yeah he was right that that particular section didn't need lyrics so there was like four bars there too or four lines whatever that was there in that particular section too that i just i scrapped and then it goes into to the chorus again after that and then after that is the outro where once everything comes in because it starts off it's just the guitar then it's the bass and then the drums and whatnot and it's and then i stay it was more closer to whispering i guess than i had been in the verses that say your selfishness will betray you you know the the way that you are will bite you in the ass because at a certain point you're going to go after the wrong person or you know there you will go after the person who has the wrong people for you i guess affiliated with them and shit's going to hit the fan the fact that you only care about yourself will come back and it will bite you in the ass to lift the veil and see the truth you know pretty straightforward lifting the veil taking off those rose colored glasses taking off i said off in a weird way um those rose colored those rose colored glasses and seeing what you are and what you did and then i am your reaper clad with blackened wings since you know i am the grim reaper on on behalf of my friend i am the grim reaper i'm watching you and i'm waiting to take you down the clad with blackened wings was just because i thought it was really cool imagery a reaper with black angel wings you know everybody has seen images of it at some point or another looks pretty fucking sick uh and then the last line i don't care about your peace so I don't care about what brings you peace. I don't care 
about you claiming to be the victim. I know the truth. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about your peace. And then, so the end of the song, screaming, she will suffer no more. You will never walk through her door. So, you know, I am not going to let my friend be miserable anymore. I'm going to help my friend be happy and you can eat a bag of dicks. Uh, and you will never walk through her doors. You know, you will never walk back into her life again, at least not in the same capacity. You, you will... You will be forever a lesson that needed to be learned. You will never be a partner. You will never be an ally. You'll never be anything like that. You know, you're not protected by your hollow lies. You know, you're you're not safe. You can't hide behind the mask. You can't hide behind the BS that you created. It's time for you to face that reality. There's just, there's no way around it. So you need to just fucking deal with it. And then the last line, narcissistic suicide. It's just, that's the name of the song. And I think the name, the, the name of the song itself, obviously narcissistic because I'm dealing with a narcissist. Uh, I'm writing about dealing with a narcissist or threatening a narcissist, I guess you could say. Uh, and then suicide was, uh, yeah, I guess it was just kind of narcissistic suicide. So by by being a narcissist, by doing the things that he did and, you know, eventually shooting himself in the foot if he hasn't already by this point uh, of of everything uh you know that's that's kind of what it is it's a narcissistic suicide the way that you behave the people that you hurt the things that you do that that is what it is it's uh because you're slowly you're burning bridges and then eventually you're gonna choke on the smoke from the ashes and then it goes into the really fast double bass part and then it's just the last two lines where i scream hate and then the song ends with me saying suffer you know and that's uh that's pretty much how it goes there isn't really anything specific i didn't choose those particular lines or those two particular words for any deep meaning beyond anything else that i have already expressed in the song they were just there it seemed like they worked it seemed like they fit so i rolled with it uh yeah so that is a breakdown of my song narcissistic suicide lyric by lyric or line by line and i I wrote this song for a good friend of mine and she did tell me after it was released that she liked it a lot it's a song that she listens to frequently she probably still does to this day um but uh yeah it was very interesting for me to try to write this song from a different perspective to write about uh not something personal because everything that i have written lyrically has always been about something personal that i have gone through it's been about some kind of trial that i overcame or something that i am working through or you know whatever the case may be but to write it completely from a uh based solely on information that i have gotten from another source was uh definitely weird it was definitely a stretch uh not something i'm used to doing but it was pretty cool you know it was fun um and in dealing with everything like that and you know talking to my friend and just doing everything that I did and or writing everything that I did and whatnot the whole point was uh you know to tell this person don't do it you know go don't continue to be a piece of shit or you will pay the consequences so I felt like I got a lot of uh I vented a lot of what needed to be done needed to be vented with uh with that song so 
yeah, I got a lot out of my system at that point in time, and I felt good writing it. Uh, it still is probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever written of anything and everything that I've written. I think that my voice was 100% on point during the recording process of this song because I came in so hot. I came in charged, fucking ready to throw down. Uh, and I just, I had a lot that I needed to say. I had a message that I needed to get across. I've had people tell me, you know, my voice sounded better with this band than it did in any other project I've been in. So I know that I was doing something right. I know that I was onto something with this particular song. And, you know, it's one that I really enjoy doing. And I think I might look into writing songs for, for other people and from other people's perspectives down the road. Because I like the challenge of writing from not personal experience like it's one thing it's almost easier to write from personal experience because you know what the fuck you're writing about but to write it from a different an entirely different perspective a perspective that you yourself have not encountered um it just it made things interesting it, i don't want to say it made things difficult but it definitely added an element of challenge to the whole process so it was a fun time and i hope that people enjoy the song when they listen to it because again it's probably one of my all-time favorite songs that i have ever written all right everyone that's gonna do it for this episode of the show i hope you enjoyed it i enjoy doing these deep dives into my personal lyrics i enjoy talking about my writing process so I hope that you uh, had a good time listening to it. I hope that you learned something about, you know, what it's like to deal with a uh, with a narcissistic kind of person. And you keep those in mind and, you know, uh, watch out for those signs and stuff in the future. Um, but keep it here for next week. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm going to try to have a guest lined up. I guess it'll be a surprise for everybody, myself included. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to try to have a guest on again soon. Um, I'm going to reach out to... Uh, Fireglass's old drummer, the drummer from from when I was a part of the band, and I want to talk to him. I think I said at one point I was going to have him on the show too, but obviously that didn't happen. So I want to have him on the show. I want to talk to him. I want to get his perspective on uh, everything that went down with Fireglass and just learn about his story, about how he came up, because I, I know his story, and I think his story is fascinating, and I want to give him a chance to tell it. So, so yeah. So stay tuned for the next one. At some point soon, I'll have a guest. I've also got plenty of other songs to uh, to dissect lyrically myself. I've got other songs I've written from past projects that I'm sure I can find and be able to put them in the podcast. Um, I've also got uh, I've got rough cuts of hip hop songs that I'm working on for for stuff that haven't been released yet. Maybe I can tease one of that, play one of those songs, and talk about that too. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I've also toyed with the idea of expanding beyond my lyrics and stuff as well so that when i do lyrical breakdown episodes um maybe just have it break down um songs that i like and talk about what i feel the songs mean it could be from and from anything from any of the bands that i listen to you know avenged sevenfold corn the amity affliction breaking benjamin uh, you know, Ice Nine Kills, Kill Switch Engage, whatever the case may be. I'm kind of thinking about doing that too, because I feel like that would be fun, because I could talk about, mean, like, lyrics and the meaning behind lyrics and praise, like, word choice and stuff like that. Like, I can do that forever. So, who knows? Maybe that'll be a segment that I'll include in there too, or, you know, a thing or an episode that I do every now and then where I break down lyrics for, uh, for established bands and, you know, give my two cents on it and whatnot. Could be a good time. But anyway... Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And remember to keep it here next time on Writer's Block. Yeah.